Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and today is the first episode as a follow-up to my sociable kitchen party that was hosted in Dallas, Texas back in October. Our guest is someone uh, I likely never would have met without planning that event, uh, and he actually really went out of his way to make sure he could attend. Jeff McCharles was born and raised in Halifax, Nova Scotia, before leaving home to attend the University of Ottawa. After a few other stints abroad, including to teach English in Japan and pursue his master's degree in London, he is now settled in the United States, where he's been for the past 12 years. After zigzagging across the U.S., he currently makes his home in Dallas, Texas, and is an assistant professor of sport management at the University of North Texas. As you'll hear, Jeff actually, uh, he came pretty close to risking being late uh, to lecturing a class on the night of our Dallas event. Um, And after seeing Dallas traffic firsthand while I was there, I realized just how important being in a room full of Nova Scotians was for him. The sun was setting in the west and the birds were singing on every tree and all they just seemed inclined for rest but still there was no rest for me i grieve to leave my native land i grieve to leave my comrades all and my parents whom i held so dear and the body body last that i do adore so farewell to nova scotia the sea bound coast let your mountains dark and drear i be for when i am far away on the prime of the ocean dust will you Jeff, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it, this is a this one's a bit different because normally I'm talking to people I've never met in person, but this one we actually got to meet in person first, and now I get to talk to you on the show. So it's uh, this is strange. Now I'm I just feel so distant that I have to talk to you through a screen. Yeah, it was it was really great. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in Dallas, so I was able to attend the event you organized down here and, and I was teaching that night. So I wasn't able to be there for that long. Uh, but I'm glad that I went I was like, if anything, I have to get there, I, I want to talk to Sean and sort of see um, a little bit more about what he's doing with with these events and with the podcast, um, which I've been listening to over the past few months anyway. So yeah, it was a great opportunity to connect and I'm super excited we were able to make make a recording work too. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I'll, we'll get into your story, but I mean, since since we mentioned the event, I mean, I, I did love the, you know, originally when I first reached out to you, you're like, I'm teaching that night, I can't do it. And then suddenly the, there was just this random day, all of a sudden I saw, uh, I got the emails like, oh, someone got a ticket for my Dallas event. That's great. And I saw your name. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and uh, and then I, when you got to the event, you're like, yeah, I just told them I might be a bit late. And <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's that's great. So what what was it about about the event that made you uh, be comfortable enough to say, nah, maybe I'll be a little bit late for class today? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I um, I live sort of between Dallas and Fort Worth, um, which are sort of two sister cities, kind of like Halifax and Dartmouth, um, except instead of separated by a harbor, they're separated by a bunch of cities in between towns and cities. Um, and uh, and I work, uh, I'm a professor and, and my campus that I teach out of is in Frisco, which is north of Dallas. And so I knew that I was gonna have to do a bit of a triangle. I was gonna have to go east into Dallas at rush hour um, and try to attend that event um, starting at 5.30 and then see how long I could stay before I could, you know, had to leave to head up to campus um, for my 630 class. And so I timed it perfectly and got there right on time. So uh, and, and, you know, for me, it was about, um, you know, we've lived in Dallas now for just over two years. Um, and, uh, you know, just been really busy um, career transition um, for me in particular, uh, starting a new tenure track faculty position. Um, and so we haven't had a whole lot of time to connect with those in the community. I am a member of the Dallas-Fort Worth Curling Club. We actually, I'm a curler and we do have a curling club. We curl out of a hockey arena. There's a Zamboni that cleans the ice before we curl, which is like unheard of for anyone who is curled in an actual curling club. Um, but, you know, so I've met a few people through there, but I thought it was just an opportunity to be able to maybe make some connections. And I really appreciate that you were able to put together the list of everybody who was there and we could 
be able to connect um, after the event, because like I say, I was only able to stay there for about 15, 20 minutes. And I really just chatted to you for the most part. Um, so, but I could tell even when I got there as one of the first people there, there are already a lot of people there. Um, the vibe was really great. Um, and I wish I could have stayed for the entire event, but um, you know, I think what you're doing is really exciting and it's great to see it expanding to new cities across the world. And I and I will say it was classic Nova Scotia um, that we there was a group of us that so Charles Gillis who hosted us uh, at at his law firm um, by the end of it it was just like he was standing there and there was just still this group of us standing around chatting and I was like poor Charles like it's thank goodness he's a Texan who understands Nova Scotians because like we weren't leaving like we were just standing and chatting and it was like it felt very much like home it was a it was it was really interesting and I did not know there were that many Nova Scotians in Dallas if, if I'm gonna be me honest. either me either part of me wanted to go just to see how many people were going to show up yeah I, I I was like someone's playing a joke on me and then I got talk, talking to everyone there I was like yeah no you're all Nova Scotians this is crazy um so no it was um that was great so well let's let's get to the and I, and I will I'll give everybody a warning uh you've got your two dogs there with you um you're <laughs> they you're, just started to wrestle <laughs> yeah and uh that is completely fine this is a dog friend totally a dog friendly podcast because my dogs are usually making an appearance when I'm at home recording so uh Excellent. let let them have fun they they're totally welcome as guests um but so to I mean to kind of start things off maybe we could sort of hear your story of how um how you've ended up in Dallas maybe give us a walk through uh sort of the the journey that you've gone through and, and where it started here in Nova Scotia yeah, so I uh, am born and raised in Halifax um, and, you know, lived there for all 18 years. I grew up um, in the Fairview area of Halifax. For anyone who's familiar with Halifax, um, I, I went to Fairview Heights, Fairview Junior High, Halifax West High School. Um, and, you know, I, when it came time to choose a university, I basically said to my parents, um, I want to get on a plane to go to my university and to come home. Um, there was no applying to Dal or St. Mary's or even Acadia or St. of X um, or even Mount A. My brother went to Mount A. Um, and he was the first one in my family to um, actually sort of leave the province um, to go to college. And so I knew that I wanted to get on a plane to go there. Um, and so what I wanted to do was, uh, you know, just sort of spread my wings a little bit. Um, you know, I had always sort of had a desire to explore and to travel when I was growing up. My family, we didn't really do it all that much. Um, and so I wanted to experience more. And so I thought the first step to that was by attending university outside of the province. So um, I only applied to three schools, Western Queens and University of Ottawa. Um, and I got into all three, but Ottawa was appealing to me because it was a bit of a bigger city and I wanted to experience that. I felt like Kingston and, and London, um, you know, were almost a little bit more on the same size of Halifax um, or maybe sort of same vibe. And so I just wanted something a little bit different. And so that was really the first chance that I had to leave. And, um, you know, I love living in Ottawa. I love my experience there. But it's interesting how I had wanted to leave. And again, it's nothing against Halifax or Nova Scotia. I just wanted to explore. I just had that feeling inside. Um, and, but even I remember coming home at Thanksgiving, uh, that first fall and being so excited to get home. And so that was the first moment that I really realized how much you can miss home when you've been away, even if you've only been away for six weeks, essentially. Um, and I remember it's funny too, one of the airlines went bankrupt that I was supposed to be flying on. I can't remember which one it was. You know, we've had that happen in Canadian history all the time. Um, but so there was a scramble to get new seats on a different airline so I could get home for Thanksgiving. And it was so important for me to make sure that I was home. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so just from that first time, I sort of spread my wings and, and moved to Ontario. That first trip back was exciting and I still get that same feeling when I know I'm coming home now. Um, so yeah, so that was my first experience. Um, I, I returned home or, or actually right after that, I went and taught English in Japan for a year. Um, rural Japan, which was a huge culture shock, um, very different experience, but one that I cannot recommend more. Um, it was a great thing for, for me to experience. And so after I did a year there, um, I returned home to Halifax and I actually did a year at Dow because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. Um, and it's interesting, when I was at Dow, I thought to myself, maybe I could have gone 
to university in, in Halifax. Actually, it's a pretty cool town, especially for a university student. Um, and so I really enjoyed that experience at Dow. Um, and I was sort of tinkering with maybe I'll go to law school, um, you know, maybe I'll do something in political science world or something like that. I'd done an undergrad in biology. So I was really veering off from that path. I didn't want to do anything with science anymore. And, uh, and then um, I actually did a little bit of research. I wrote for my college newspaper when I was in Ottawa um, and I wrote in the sports section. And so I always interact with the athletic department. I thought maybe I should work in an athletic department. What does that mean? How do you get involved in that? And so I found out there was this degree called sport management, um, which I'd never heard of before. And so I did more research and it was more common in the US and Australia and the UK. And so I thought I've always wanted to be an international student. This is my opportunity to do that. So I spent some time doing research found out I would probably have to commit to two years of study in Australia or the US, but I could get it done in about 15 months in the UK. So that was perfect for me, especially because I was choosing university in London. Um, you know, it's a very quick flight from Halifax to London. There's a direct flight. Um, there were even a couple of options. I think back in the day I could connect through Iceland um, as well. Uh, and so, yeah, it just really worked out um, that I could go and spend some time. So I spent about 18 months there getting my master's degree in sport management. Um, I worked part-time at a gym um, in central London, which was amazing. Got to meet lots of really fun and interesting people. Um, got some work experience and then, you know, was promoted to management by the time that I, I ended up leaving. And part of that was just because, expensive city to live in when you have to start paying back your student loans. Um, but I loved being in London. I loved having access to Europe that way. I had done some backpacking in Europe, like in the summers when I was in college and stuff. And so I love that the ability to do that. Um, and so, you know, I moved home hoping to work in the sport industry, which just is really very small in Halifax. And so um, I worked for a digital media agency for like 15 months, 18 months. And, and um, I just realized I didn't want to work in marketing. Um, it was my thing. So uh, I started thinking about teaching potentially at the university level, because I had a master's degree, but there was no, there was no real programs um, at home. And so I did a bit of investigating, found out I could work in the US as an adjunct professor um, through the NAFTA program that I got a temporary visa just to teach certain classes at certain institutions. Um, so that's what brought me to the US in 2012. Um, and I've pretty much been here ever since. I first couple of years when I had my temporary visas, I had to go back and forth in the summers, which was fine because I love Nova Scotia in the summer. Um, but uh, yeah, I was mostly in Massachusetts for the first six years in the US. Um, spent a few years working there in um, faculty roles and then got my PhD at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst um, before I was done. Um, actually, um, in 2018, I still had two years left to my PhD. My husband got a job in Florida based in Orlando. Um, so we spent, we moved there and I spent the last two years of my PhD commuting back and forth to Western Massachusetts from Florida every week. So I could teach my, my classes, um, work on my research with my advisor and things like that. Um, and then I ended up, um, uh, I ended up, uh, that was like right when COVID happened, 2020. So my last semester, basically, I was in the job search, um, interviewing a bunch of schools and I was lucky enough to get hired by Michigan state university. Um, and so we moved to Michigan and we lived in just the suburbs of Detroit, um, for a year, which was, we loved our house. We loved where we lived. We loved our neighborhood, but it was during COVID. So we didn't get to see a whole lot or do a whole lot. And I was so sad because I was finally so close to Canada again, after being in Massachusetts, which is, you know, relatively close. So we used to be able to drive back and forth to Nova Scotia, but I was so excited to basically be able to, you know, just drive across the bridge. It was like 30 minutes over to Windsor. Um, but that whole year, the borders were closed. So um, we didn't really get to experience that. And then my husband got a job opportunity in Dallas. Um, and that's what eventually brought us here. Um, and I still worked for Michigan State for a year remotely because I taught in an online program. Um our first year in Dallas, and then I was able to get this job here at North Texas. So, um, so everything kind of ended up working out. But it's funny; I always joke that we've been zigzagging, zigzagging across the United States, Massachusetts, down to Florida, up to Michigan, now down in Texas. So I think, so what's next? Like Seattle, I'm guessing, or something? <laughs> maybe Pacific Northwest. Um, but we keep moving further and further west and and right now south um and so every time we're moving one step further away from nova scotia too which which is um a challenge for for us who do like to get home quite frequently so that's how i ended up where i'm at um it's it's a bit of a, a long story but um i've had some great experiences living in different places and experiencing different cultures um and uh and yeah but nova scotia is still always home for me 
Wow. So, I mean, there's, there's so much to unpack there. Um, and I, I do love, you've kind of gone like in the zigzagging in the U S you've gone like cold, warm, cold, warm. You're just not, not just zigzagging, but you're really doing the North South thing, just jumping up yes. and down. So yeah. So you're going to have to go up to Seattle, then what, like down to like San Diego or something like Sounds that. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, well, so I'm kind of curious. So you said about how, you know, you, you grew up in, in the Fairview area and in, you know, your family, sounds similar to mine not a lot of like going out and exploring the world or anything like that so what what do you think it is that that instilled that in you that you wanted that you had that in you as somebody that was getting ready for university like your immediate thought was plane and go because like again we talk about this on the show a lot it's it's rarely about not wanting to be in Nova Scotia it's about wanting to experience something else so but I'm kind of curious how do you think you got to that given how you like how you grew up and 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 everything like that it's a great question, something I've thought about a little bit. Um, I think one of the main things is, um, you know, I lost my mom when I was young, so nine years old. Um, and my dad remarried a couple years later. I have a wonderful stepmom and stepsisters who, you know, we're all just one big family now. My parents have been married for um, almost 30 years. And so, um, but I think one thing that that did to me was it sort of made me realize that life is short um, and you don't get you know, you have to take advantage of every day you have. And so, you know, my mom was somebody who, yeah, she didn't really explore that much. I think the farthest she ever went was Boston to visit cousins. Um, and so, you know, my my parents' families are both from Cape Breton. My mom's side is from like the Judic area. My dad's from uh, the Sydney area. Um, but my dad grew up in Annapolis Royal um, in the Valley. So we spent a lot of time there and, and my mom uh, was born and raised in Halifax. And again, like I say, didn't really travel that much. And so, you know, my dad traveled a lot for work across Canada. He, he worked in the provincial government um, for pretty much his whole career. Um, and he was always in, he was in Whitehorse, he was in Regina, he was in Edmonton, he was in all of these places. Um, so he did do traveling sort of inside the country. Um, but it's interesting too, you know, my brother, um, he went to Korea to teach English with his wife um, in 2002. So that was like my, uh, just after I had done my first year of university. And um, I, I went to visit him and his wife for a month um, when they were there. And my niece was born there. So it's my first time I got to meet her. Um, and I just remember taking that plane ride to Seoul and thinking, wow, the world is so big. And like, I know that I'd already left to go to university and I was already experiencing, you know, the different culture of being in Ontario um, and Ottawa, especially being on the border with Quebec, you sort of get that French culture as well, which was really cool. But that just really opened my eyes. And I thought, I have to see the world. I have to do what I can to have these experiences. And I think, you know, um, one of the things that I think about is that Nova Scotia, growing up in Nova Scotia, really prepared me to go out and explore the world um, because it is a place where everybody is so kind. And so you grow up with that kindness, that hospitable spirit. So when you go into somebody else's environment, you know, you know how to act, you know, sort of um, how to behave and sort of what to expect and all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, I think it also you know, makes you more humble, um, especially, you know, going to some places in the world where things are very different from where they are at home. And so being able to experience that, you know, it, it, um, it, it, it just, you know, sort of makes you feel, yeah, it just makes you feel sort of more humble. Um, and I always joke that like, our our wild weather we have in the in Nova Scotia also prepares you for any kind of climate that you could come across pretty much in the world. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just wanting to live every day to its fullest, wanting to explore, wanting to not have any regrets um, and wanting to have those experiences. So I think that was really the thing that sort of pushed me to 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 go um, abroad. And, you know, I, I I go home and, and you know, I a lot of my friends, you know, are still living at home and everything like that, like my friends from Halifax. And a lot of them have have also traveled a lot, but, you know, they've settled in Halifax. But, um, you know, but the one thing that I love about it all is that um, it feels like we're all still the same people, no matter where we're living now, no matter, you know, in some cases, you know, the things we've seen and experienced have really just made it, um, made us, you know, sort of much more interesting people. Um, and so, uh, you know, I love going home and, and, and connecting with folks that, you know, are still living there, but have had some similar experiences to me. Um, and, and, you know, I think that one of the big things about Nova Scotia is that, um, you know, Nova Scotia is home. And, and whenever I meet a Nova Scotian, and it happens more frequently than you'd realize, um, 
anywhere in the world, their faces just light up when we find out we're both from Nova Scotia. And there's just so many things you can connect on. And so I think having that ability to connect with people as well um, across the world when you meet them um, is really just sort of a byproduct of growing up in that environment at home in Nova Scotia. So, um, but yeah, I guess a roundabout way in sort of explaining that it's about just living every day to its fullest, appreciating life, getting to experience new things, um, and understanding that, you know, it's not a given. And so you should take advantage of it when you can. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's such a, such a powerful way to, to, to describe it. And it, it is interesting. You, you mentioned about, you know, and this is something for me when I first started to travel a little bit, same thing, you know, moving off the farm in Nova Scotia and sort of slowly dipping my toes into going other parts of the world. Um, it it is a big place, but then it's also really small. Um, as a Nova Scotian, like it's, I uh, some people say that I it's it's because I will it to happen, but I don't think it is. Like I've my entire life, I feel like whenever I go somewhere, I find a connection back home. It just it always happens. I I meet a person or I see a thing in a museum that has a relation to Nova Scotia. And it's like there's always that anchor point back to home whenever I go out. So I know you said you'll you'll occasionally meet people that that had that connection. So you know where is it is it mainly been around in the U.S. or like as you've been out exploring, have you been finding those connections back to to home to make it feel a bit smaller in a really big planet? Yeah, it's, it has been everywhere. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I remember, um, being in Japan and, you know, I didn't necessarily meet a Nova Scotian, but, um, you know, I lived in a rural village and, uh, you know, I taught adult English conversation classes and one of the people in that class had been, had done a tour and, um, you know, it's very common, particularly for Japanese folks, but Asian folks in general to do this big tour of North America and they'll hit eight or 10 cities um, in one trip in three weeks or something like that. And uh, it was amazing to speak to somebody who had been to Nova Scotia. And so we were able to talk about things, you know, that, that I obviously knew. And again, this was in the mid 2000s um, and they had been there a number of years beforehand. Um, but just being able to have that connection um, and, uh, you know, and then again, you know, when I was in Europe in particular, there's a lot of Nova Scotians in London. Um, and so you just sort of, you know, you just come across them sometimes organically. They're, um, you know, they're, I don't know if it's still there, but there was like a Canadian pub in London where you would always be a good spot to find some fellow expats. Um, they have a big Canada Day celebration in London in Trafalgar Square. Um, so not only could I go and get some Tim Hortons, um, but, you know, you knew that you were going to connect with Canadians there as well. Um, and then particularly, again, like I say, there just happens to be Nova Scotians there. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been a thing that has been constant um sort of all the way across my travels across the world um you know and i've done you know other than living in japan and, and living in the uk you know i've been to australia i've been to singapore um you know i've done a bunch of european countries and yeah you just never know where you're going to find a nova scotian and again sometimes you can just hear them talk and you'll say oh are you canadian and they'll say yeah and i say are you perhaps from nova scotia and they'll say yes i actually am and there you go yeah, I I have to say I I always have to be careful because sometimes I say it with this really ominous tone without meaning it, but like we're everywhere. Like yeah. people, I don't think people realize that for a small province we are everywhere. Um, yes. So one thing I I, I wanted to kind of ask like for for me when I went down to to Dallas, I and I th this is one of those things again kind of goes back to what you were saying about sort of the the Nova Scotia upbringing and how it helps you when you you go out and travel. I, I found myself oddly connecting with people from Texas. Like I felt like there were similarities that I wasn't expecting. Um, but how has that transition been for you for when you think about, you know, yourself as a Nova Scotian growing up and now in Texas, like, do you find there's much commonality there or is, is it a, more of a gap? Um, it's interesting because, you know, it definitely is. I mean, Texas is my husband and I, and my husband's from Massachusetts. Um, so very sort of similar kind of culture, landscapes, weather, all of that kind of stuff to, to Nova Scotia and the Maritimes in general. Um, and so for us, you know, moving to Texas was a culture shock. Um, but, um, you know, and, and, but the one thing that I have realized is that, you know, particularly when you connect with somebody here, um, you know, they remember you. And I feel like that's a thing that kind of comes from home as well. Um, and so there's sort of that ease of connecting. Um, and, you know, I've been able to do it, say, like through my curling club um, and, and through even people that I work with. Um, 
at the university. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that is, um, you know, there is sort of that sense of, you know, they, when you do get to interact with them, it's like they do want to get to know you. And I think that that's something that we do in Nova Scotia as well, is that we like to have conversations. Uh, and so I think that that part is very similar. But I mean, it is a pretty big shock for somebody who grew up in Nova Scotia to now be living in Texas. Um, you know, our, our summers, even if you just compare the weather, like the summers are unbearably hot. Um, and you sort of get that reverse, I call it reverse seasonal effectiveness disorder, where in the winter at home, like you look outside, you don't want to go outside because it's so cold and and dreary and all of that kind of stuff here you know you're stuck inside in the summer and you're looking outside wanting to go outside but you can't because it's 110 degrees um and so you know just even little things like that have been a huge huge change but it's interesting um so my cousin um who grew up in cool harbor um lives in houston with her husband who grew up in picto county and so they've lived in houston since 2007 i think it was um and so i've been zigzagging across the country as i said and finally have now become close to my only other immediate family, basically sort of in the United States. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see how, um, you know, I, I sort of wondered if, you know, are they, are they like more Texan than Nova Scotian now because they lived here so long? Um, but it's amazing how it never leaves you. Um, and, and, you know, I think that they would say the same thing that, you know, when, when they've sort of gone out and connected with people, you know, people really do want to get to know you. And I think that that's something that is really, um, a really sort of similar commonality between Nova Scotia and Texas. Yeah. And in classic Nova Scotia fashion, you know, we discovered that, you know, I'm connected to your cousin <laughs> yeah. and he and I yeah. have communicated back and forth. And I was like, oh, of course, that's yeah. that's exactly how things would go is that we'd find a common point in Texas. That's exactly how exactly. this would work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, it, 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 it is really interesting. So I'm one thing I am kind of curious about is so we're we're recording this episode right around, this is the week of uh, the Boston tree lighting in, in Massachusetts. Um, so I'm curious for, for your husband growing up in, in Massachusetts, being from there, you know, what was, what was his familiarity with Nova Scotia? Like, yeah, I, we have a bit of an obsession, I think in Nova Scotia with Massachusetts because of the, the tree. And then when I was down there last year, they were like, Oh yeah, that's, I forgot that that's where the tree comes from. And I was like, it's such a huge thing for us. So I'm curious, what, what's it like for your husband when he looks North to, to Nova Scotia? I love that you brought that up because we were literally in Massachusetts last week. We were in Boston staying just steps away from the common because um, my husband's family is from Massachusetts. And we go, we do like to stay in the city because we kind of, we love Boston. And we like to explore, um, even if we're there for a short time. So we were staying around the corner from the common. And actually, it was my husband who told me, oh, the Nova Scotia tree just arrived. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that. Um, and so, you know, I, he definitely was aware of it. They, they, they do promote it a lot, um, especially on local TV and things like that in Boston. I remember one of the first things that first winter that I was there, I had to go to the tree lighting. I knew that I just had to be there. Um, and so my husband and I, or then we were just dating, but we went with one of our friends, um, had dinner beforehand and got to go see it. And they had like a, a Nova Scotia band there. Um, and I think either the mayor or the premier was there, one or the other. I've been to a few of them, so I can't remember which year it was when who came. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it's, it's such an interesting connection we have with Massachusetts. Um, and, you know, definitely when I was in Massachusetts and people would say, oh, where are you from? You know, everybody knew Nova Scotia. Everybody knew where it was. I don't get that as much down here in Texas. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, there's just that familiarity that is had. And so many people travel north to New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and things like that in the summers. Um, and so there is more of that that sort of deeper connection, a lot more Nova Scotians. It's interesting too. I was I was saying when we were there last week, I forget when I used to live in Massachusetts, there'd be so many Canadian license plates that I would see. And I'd always sort of get excited. And in Texas, you'd never see them. Um, and so literally, I think the first day I was there, I saw seven Ontario plates, but I never did see a Nova Scotia one. I was looking for the Nova Scotia um, plate, but didn't get to see one. Um, but yeah, he, you know, my husband is somebody who, uh, you know, he first came to Nova Scotia in 2012. That was um, the first year we had started dating and, and um, I was home for the summer. And so he came up to visit and um, he was just taken with the place immediately. Um, and, you know, he now, I think 
I love to go home, but he just as much as me looks forward to our Nova Scotia trips. Um, you know, he's very connected to my family as it is. Um, but I even just, you know, he love he has his places now that he likes to go to. And, you know, he, um, you know, we're big, um, every time we go, um, home, usually we come back with some sort of artwork. Um, so that's the thing we like to bring back. So there's so many great little art galleries and things that, especially in Lunenburg, your area, um, we, uh, we love the um, little galleries on like Lincoln Street, Pelham Street, Montague Street, like that little area downtown. Um, and my sister just got married there in June. So we, you know, it was great to go. And we were like, yes, we're going to be in Lunenburg for a few days. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he looks forward to going and getting new art. Um, he loves the bicycle thief downtown on the waterfront. Um, so it's interesting to see just him sort of adopt all of these places in Nova Scotia almost as his own and as his favorites too. And so, um, you know, it's less about going home for me and my family now as it is like we're going because we want to go there and there's so much we want to experience. Yeah, it is one of those things. I mean, I married someone from outside the province and and what I always tell people is, you know, if you fall in love with a Nova Scotian, like you're you're getting more than just a person. You're getting a province at the same time because we're, we're, we, we, we bring it along with us. Um, yes. But uh, just to to go on because i'm i'm a huge fan of the the art galleries in lunenburg so i will just say i don't know when the last time you were there i know you said your sister was married there but um if you haven't been to the new smith and smith gallery like they were there there's smith and smith and cranston gallery and then they've moved to a new location it's my absolute favorite gallery in in the town um so they've got a, a new space so highly recommend you go there the next time you're you're in town um but for sure I, it's so have you so when was the last time that you were gonna home for a for a good bit of a visit so that's the hard thing is that with our with our schedules it's been hard to sort of you know when we're home it's usually a couple of days so like when we were home for my sister's wedding i actually had to teach some summer classes this summer so we flew in on wednesday and we had to fly out on sunday um, and that's sort of how our visits have been, and particularly um, in the past number of years when we've lived farther away. Um, if we, when we lived in Massachusetts, we would drive, you know, and sometimes around Christmas, we would stay for a week, eight days, nine days sometimes, uh, just a little bit more flexibility. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so the past couple of trips, it's been maybe three or four days mostly, um, but we've been there. Uh, my family always has a, um, golf tournament kind of reunion event every July. And um, that's in Annapolis Royal. And so we try to get home to that. Usually it doesn't work every year, um, but try to get there every second year or something like that. But again, it's usually just more so of a long weekend. Um, particularly, you know, we have our dogs and we have our dog sitter who can watch them, but um, sometimes it doesn't work out for, for long lengths of time. So I keep saying that you know, I'm looking forward to the time when we can come home and spend two weeks or something and, and explore more because, uh, you know, we've spent a lot of time sort of from Halifax down, mm -hmm. um, both in the Valley and in the South Shore because I have family in the Valley um, and then South Shore because that's, we've had a lot of family weddings recently and a lot of people like to get married on the South Shore. It's a great place for weddings. Um, and so we haven't done a lot of exploring North. And so I'd love to take him to Cape Breton and do the Cab Trail. Um, even, you know, the beaches along the Northumberland, like Mel Murby, um, in like the Pictou County area and things like that. And so I, you know, I grew up, I was a junior curler. And so I spent like basically from age 10 to age 18 playing in small curling clubs all across the province from Clare to Greenwood to Shelburne to um, Westville to Sydney, all of these places. And, you know, I, you know, I remember making those drives through the winter. Um, and, uh, you know, some of those places I haven't seen, you know, in the summer in a very long time. So uh, I'd love to go back and, and do more exploring. Um, but yeah, mostly our trips are pretty short right now, which is a bummer. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. And, uh, and especially after coming out of, you know, for you being in this, in the States coming out of a few years of COVID where you were kept away as it mm -hmm. was already. So mm -hmm. um so yeah, so fingers crossed you you start getting some of those those longer trips in. And I, I was impressed that the trip from Dallas wasn't too bad. Like I was expecting it to be worse. So the 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 flight to and from Dallas was was all right, as long as you don't mind sitting in Toronto for a little bit. Um Yeah, or we can fly through Philadelphia too. So uh, that's right. Dallas Dallas is an American hub. So um and actually I just got excited because they announced for next summer there's gonna be a new flight. I think from LaGuardia to Halifax, yeah. um, on American. So we'll have two options now yeah. to go home, either through Philadelphia or LaGuardia. Um, we've had some rough 
um, seas with American. Um, and uh, actually, my parents flew down for the first time to visit us in Texas at the end of September, sort of for the first two weeks of October. They were here for Canadian Thanksgiving. And um, they had a great trip on the way down, but on the way back, there was a delay. They almost missed their connection. They would have been stuck in Philadelphia all night. Yeah, so it was a thing. Um, but we do have a few options now to get home, so that is better. It never beats a direct flight, obviously, um, but one stop is okay. Yeah, that's it's not too it's not too too bad. Um, so going going back, I did want to ask this question, and and it kind of got away from me, but it's you know you're one of the you're a, a rare group, and then I, interestingly, one of the other people that I talked to that did this is also in Dallas. But where you you left and then you came back and then you left again, um, and so it's sort of like the the double expat where you went out and did the thing and then you came back, spent some time at Dow, then you went out again. So what what's it like to do that like? when each of those experiences, when you've made the decision and, and like you've said, you know, you're somebody that wants to go out and experience the world, but what is it to, to have multiple times of having to make that decision of I'm, I'm leaving home again. Um, Cause you know, sometimes it doesn't hit you at the moment until a little bit later, but I'm, I'm kind of curious what it's like for, for those moments of, of when the decision is made to, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I've really done it a couple of times. Um, you know, I left to go to university um, and then I went to Japan right after. And then, you know, I had the opportunity to stay in Japan for three years, but they asked you if you want to recontract in like February. And at that time, in, I lived in the mountains in central Japan and there was no central heating. So it was, my apartment was freezing cold, my olive oil like froze solid in the middle of the winter um, on my kitchen counter. So when you're asking somebody that at that time, I was thinking, um, I think one year will be fine. Um, and so, but then I had to start thinking about what I was going to do when I went home. Um, and so I knew that I could always go home to Halifax. You know, my, my parents still lived in my childhood home. I knew that I would always have a place to go. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to do career wise. And so it just made sense for me to go to Dal and take some classes and things I'd never done before. And like I say, I got to experience the city a little bit as a college student, which I never had, um, but many of my friends had. Um, and, uh, and so then, um, you know, when I was thinking about what to do next and it looked like I was going to have to go abroad to do, to do a degree program, um, I was excited because again, it was an opportunity to see another piece of the world. I had been and done a lot of Asia. Now I was get to spend a little bit more time in Europe where I had done a little bit of backpacking and, and would be able to center myself in London, which I know when your previous guest had said, you know, it's a great place to sort of set yourself up first, particularly like in your first foray to Europe, because they speak English, you know, there's lots of public transportation, it's easy to get around um, and it's easy to connect to other places in Europe. So, um, so I was excited about that, but also, and again, when I was thinking about potentially Australia was another option. And I just thought of how far away it was from Nova Scotia. And I love Australia. I've been there twice. And literally, if I could move it just closer to North America, it would be <laughs> like ideal. Um, but it's just unfortunately so far away. It's such a mission to get there and back. And so, um, but one of the perks of going to London was again, that direct flight direct flight from Halifax to Heathrow. I think at one point it stopped in St. John's too, like on the way, like just to pick up and drop people off. Um, but only a couple hours, only a couple hours time difference, so much easier to still connect with your family and things like that. Um, and so for me making that step, like going out again the second time, it was, you know, I've already done Japan, which was, you know, the other side of the world, 12 hour time difference. This is nothing, right? You know, I'll, I'll be able to come back and forth. And I think I came back probably three or four times in that 18 month span that I was in the UK. So, um, but still got to experience, you know, do a lot of traveling within Europe as well. Got a great education, got some work experience. Um, so all of that was great. And then I came home and I was actually thinking, okay, I'm home. I'm going to settle here now. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm going to be. And I've done my traveling and now I have my advanced degree and I'm good. And then the career gods said, no, you're not. Um, and so, you know, it's unfortunate. And it's sad too, because at the time, Halifax was hosting the Canada Games, Canada Winter Games in 2011. And I had come home in like the, maybe November of 2009. So they were ramping up hiring for all these things. And I'm like, I have a specialized sport management degree. I mean, I have all this experience. I did my dissertation on um, legacy um, uh, impacts of, of mega events. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to walk in that door and get the job did not happen. They didn't get any jobs with Canada Games, they didn't get any jobs with Sport Nova Scotia. 
And so again, I had a friend who was working in this digital media agency and said, you know, we're looking to hire an account manager. We've got some sport clients. So could be an opportunity for you to sort of work with them. I wasn't sure I wanted to work in marketing. I thought I was going to work more in policy. And so, and I was right because I did not like working in marketing, <laughs> which is why, you know, I had to get out of there. And, uh, and so I think at that point, I actually had to make the hard decision of, I've gone all the way. I've paid this money. I've got this degree. It's just not feasible for me to stay in Nova Scotia if I want to work in this field. Um, and so I knew I was going to have to look elsewhere again. And I wasn't necessarily leaning towards leaving the country, but it just worked out because there were so many sport management programs here if I wanted to teach, um, you know, and that's sort of what happened. Um, and, you know, the rest is history, basically. And so, you know, when I uh, first moved to the U.S., again, I had quit, like, my job. Um, you know, I had taken on an adjunct teaching role to teach two classes a semester at a small college just north of Boston. Um, and I think I was making like $6,600 or something for the three months or four months. Uh, and I thought this is ridiculous, but I just need to experience it. And it needs to be able to, if I like it, I know that this is a path I can go. If I don't like it, then I'll just have to go home and figure out what else I'm going to do. And luckily I loved it from the moment I taught my first class. Um, and then I knew, okay, I need to get my PhD. I can do that here, all this stuff. And, you know, and I think the thing was, I think my mind, I'm in Massachusetts, it's close to home. You know, I can drive there if I really need to. If, if in the middle of the night I had to get home, I could hop in my car and drive, right, and get there. Um, and so, you know, six years I was there. Um, and I consider that kind of my American home, um, you know, people say, where are you from? I'm obviously from Nova Scotia, but I, you know, sort of grew my American roots, I guess, in Massachusetts. And obviously that's where my in-laws are from. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time there, but, you know, it was that last move was hard because I just, at that point, I sort of knew that that was it. You know, I was leaving probably for good. Yeah. Um, and that is a hard thing to think about, even for somebody who wants to experience different things and, and to move around, you know, I'm, I'm very close to my family. I have a huge extended family of tons of cousins, aunts, uncles, um, you know, my niece and nephew are at home. And so it's hard to think about like not being there when they're growing up and sort of being able to, you know, to uh, interact with them on a frequent basis and all that kind of stuff and my siblings. And so, um, yeah, I think it was, it was a hard decision, but again, it's, that pull of Nova Scotia always brings you home. And so no matter where you are in the world, you can get home. And, you know, that feeling of being home, even if it's for three or four days, it just like rejuvenates me. Yeah. It, and it's so funny just hearing it in, in, in your voice and what you're saying. And, and from my experiences, you know, I, I know so many people from other parts of the country and other parts of the world that go out and do things and they, that's what they, they do for their life. Um, and it's, it seems like for so many of us as Nova Scotians, it's just, it's always still there. Like it's like home is always right there in your head. And I, I wish I knew what it was about the place that, that does that to us. Cause I, like, I, I could never move on from it. Um, and even, even people I know that have been away for 30, 40 years, it's, you know, it's still home in a different, like I say, it's capital H home. It's like, it's, it's a different pull than what I hear other expats talk about. They're like, oh, I'm from there. And then they move on from the conversation. But it's like Nova Scotians, there's something. And I wish I knew what it was. I don't know what it is about us that does that. Um, if you've got any, if you have any hypothesis, I am happy to take it. Because it's like half the reason I'm on this journey, because I don't know what's wrong with us, where we we get so connected to this spot. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And again, I think that... Um... You know, I look at people like my husband, who, again, is not from Nova Scotia and has just developed this such strong affinity for it. Um, and then even like my cousin and her husband who live in Houston and their three kids were born in Texas. They are, you know, Texas children, basically. But I look at them and I interact with them. They were just here, actually, um, just before Thanksgiving, because one of them had a, was in a soccer tournament in the Dallas area. And so um, they were up visiting and spending time with us. And I look at those kids and I don't see them as Texas kids. I see them as Nova Scotians. And again, it's just, you know, a testament to how my cousin and her husband have raised them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're very lucky, you know, my, my cousin's husband, his parents come down and spend the winters here. And so they get a lot of interaction with them um, who again, were, you know, grew up in Pictou County um, and, uh, and my, my aunt and uncle. So my cousin's parents, you know, they get down every chance they can. And, and usually, 
um, my cousin and her husband, um, Jill and Adam, they, they get home once a year with the kids too. And it's, you know, the kids love going to Nova Scotia and they just, you know, I just love talking to them about things that they've grown to experience, even just going in their, you know, their short trips, they've spent a little bit more time, you know, sometimes um, in the summers, my cousin's a teacher, so she has the summers off with the kids. Um, and so sometimes they'll go for like a month and then, you know, her husband will, will come for a week at a time and then have to come home for meetings and then go back. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where even those of us that didn't grow up there, but have some strong connection to the place now, um, it's just amazing how much they grow to love it. And it just becomes a part of their identity too. Yeah. It's, it's a spectacular place. And, uh, so, I mean, and I could go on about this. I mean, we're Nova Scotian, so we could go on about this literally all day long and we wouldn't get anything accomplished. But I, I see the time and I and I want to let you get back to your day. So I, I want to go to to the big question. And I know that you you were doing your homework. You're getting you're getting ready for this one. So so kudos to you on that. So um, if I'm going to give you your 24 hours in Nova Scotia, uh, I'm really curious. What what is the, the perfect, you know, 24 hours here look like for you? Yeah, so I have put some thought into this. I was trying to think about logistics. I know you said we could teleport and things, but I was yes. trying to do it. I was trying to do it in the most realistic way possible. Um, so, but I thought what I would do, most people would think I would start in Halifax, but actually I'm going to start in Annapolis Royal. Um, and ah. it's going to be a Saturday. It's going to be a Saturday because, you know, I, we would wake up at my, um, so like my family homestead, I call it. It was my grandparents' house. My aunt owns the house now. It's right downtown Annapolis Royal. Um, and we would wake up, we would have breakfast, and then we would go for a walk down St. George Street um, and maybe grab um, a coffee at the Fort Anne Cafe. Um, and then we would head down to the uh, farmer's market because there was always a farmer's market um, on Saturday mornings in Annapolis Royal. And that was actually one of the other things we collect from Nova Scotia is um, these Santa Claus wood carvings um, by Elizabeth Brown. She's a wood carver. They were actually featured in a Hallmark movie. Um, and that was the first place we saw them. And so now, you know, we have to order them online, but we get a new one at least sometimes two a year. Um, we have a huge, they're actually, we set them up last weekend. Um, they're, they're downstairs in our house here in Texas right now. Um, but so we go there and see what sort of local artisans and things like that, you know, we could maybe pick up something and then uh, we probably just for old time's sake, I would have to go to Fort Ann and run down the hills because I just grew up doing that as a kid. We would toboggan there in, in um, the winter, which was, it's amazing tobogganing. Uh, but yeah, so we would do that. And then we would hop in the car. Um, and again, that's just because of my affinity for that place. If I go to Nova Scotia and I don't go to Annapolis Royal, it's, it's a shame. So I started out my day there and then we would hop in the car and we would drive um, up to like the Wolfville area. And, you know, maybe go to Henniger's Farm Market and get some ice cream there. I'm not a huge Moon Mist fan. I know everybody, like, raves about that. But, and I know it's, like, such a Nova Scotian thing. Um, but I would probably just go with something a little more simple. Actually, growing up, there was a it was a banana ice cream with, like, peanut butter cups in it that was really good um, that I cannot find anywhere else. I always used to get it at Point Pleasant Park um, there at the okay. ice cream store there. Uh, but they don't carry it anymore. So I find something good anyways at Hanegar's Farm Market um, and uh, and get an ice cream there um, and probably stop for lunch in Wolfville because they have so many great little pubs and things like that. Um, my dad went to Acadia. My sister went to Acadia as well for a few years. And my best friend went to Acadia. Uh, one of my best friends went there. And so we spent a lot of time in Wolfville. So great place to stop for lunch um, and just enjoy the scenery. And then we probably would cut across country um, over to sort of the Lunenburg area, um, just so that we could get to those, um, you know, some of those great galleries and things like that. Um, as well, I should have mentioned, actually, we probably would have uh, backtracked a little bit. There's a great gallery called the Flight of Fancy in Bear River, where we bought a couple of paintings as well before. That's down near Annapolis Royal. Might have to sneak in a, a jaunt there before we left Annapolis Royal that day. So anyways, spend the afternoon on the South Shore checking out the galleries got to drive down um through sort of that main drag in Mahone bay um and just sort of enjoy that scenery and uh and then we would end the day in halifax obviously meet up with my family um uh downtown on the waterfront that's one of my favorite things to do i obviously grew up going to the waterfront so much and it has changed so much in the past few years it's wild to think about um what it looks like now uh, and so we would have to have dinner at the Bicycle Thief because that is my husband's favorite place. But I should mention on the way to downtown, um, we would have to stop at this Chinese restaurant on Bears Road called Logoho. 
that is my favorite. They have the best egg rolls in the world. I haven't been able to find them anywhere else. And they're very polarizing. Some people just do not like them, including my husband. So we would just have to oh. stop quickly and I'd have to run in and just grab a couple of egg rolls and um, not eat them like in the car with him. Just do it, you know, when we got downtown. Um, but yeah, we would just spend the evening on the waterfront, um, you know, maybe sit out and just enjoy um, the nice weather in the summer. This would also be a summer trip, by the way. Um, yeah, and dinner at the Bicycle Thief with family. Um, and then actually we stayed at the Muir the last time we were in for my sister's wedding. We stayed there for two nights when we first got there. Uh, and that is a beautiful hotel. And Amazing. so we would, probably, we would probably end the evening there, um, and that's where we would stay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I managed to hit sort of all my key spots um in one day which i think is actually probably feasible it probably could that's do that. doable that is yeah. completely doable jeff like there's i i think you you didn't you didn't even have to use the teleportation that's totally mm -hmm. doable and um i will say that market in annapolis royal is just one of the best i absolutely love love that market so there's something about I, farmers markets at home in nova scotia that i just love like give me a farmer's market i'll spend the morning there no problem we love the seaport market as well in halifax um and so you know we've gotten lots of great things from there um so many great local vendors and to support the small businesses at home is really important so um yeah give me a farmer's market any day of the week i'll take it I, I chalk it up to just how chatty everybody is at the yes. markets here. It's like everybody's, it's like, there's never a quick stop. It's just like, it's a full on story. Like it's, it's, exactly. it's how it goes. So, um, no, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a spectacular 24 hours. And, uh, I mean, honestly, and I, I just have to say, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this, Jeff. It was great to, to chat with you. We had the quick chat there in, in, in Dallas when I was down there and I'm hoping to get back down to, to do it again there. I will just say selfishly, I was really hoping you were going to just totally ghost your class and just stay. That would have made as a storyteller, that would have been the perfect story, but I, I appreciate your commit, your professional commitment. Um, but next time for, you know, feel free to totally like leave them hanging. I, I it's great, great content for me. Well, I'll have to I'll have to maybe ask and we uh, submit our requests for what days we want our courses on. I might have to say, could we move it earlier in the week? Because I feel like these events, if they have them again, are mostly going to be towards the end of the week. So can I have a Monday or Tuesday night would be better? Yeah, it's it's I, I'm, a, I'm a Thursday night guy for events. I, I, I yeah. Thursday, Friday nights are so yeah, totally. If if you did that, I mean, we'll do a follow episode on on just on just that. So yeah. Um, but uh, but no, Jeff, I really appreciate it. Your 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 pups were incredible. They they didn't interrupt. They they joined into the video a few times, which just made me really happy. Uh, so they love well, they love Nova Scotia too. Uh, Adeline, our golden, she's seven, and she's been there a few times, and 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 uh, and she used to used to love going home. Um, Daphne, our youngest, hasn't hasn't been there yet, but maybe eventually she'll get to experience. Oh, she'll Nova have to Scotia experience. as a dog. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It, it, when you've got this much shoreline, the the beaches for dogs are just about the it's mm -hmm. like heaven for them. So exactly. uh, yeah, that's uh, you, you you got you got to bring the pups too when you come to yes. Nova Scotia. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, Jeff, thanks so much. I really really appreciate this. Thank you. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. All the music used on the show is by Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so give us a follow. If you enjoyed the show today, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And make sure you also subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, especially some of those surprise bonus ones that are bound to come. Thanks for listening, and I can't wait to welcome you back again next week. <laughs>